Yeah, yeah, we've got we've got some seconds. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and um, get started. Uh, if you um, with a couple of announcements, uh, Porter, let me know if you if you need my help. So, uh, welcome to Hurricane Weekend. We think we have one of these weekends, basically each year, where there's a threat of a hurricane, and then we have some sort of precipitation, and then we get like the weekend off, so people go home and and hang out. So. Uh, I, go, I hope you guys survived. I think what the work was for me is we just had to rake for about two hours all of the leaves and pine cones, <laughs> stuff that blew all over our yard. Uh, so that was fun. The kids helped. So way to go, kids. That's right. Um, so we have a couple of announcements. Um, two things, uh, or one thing coming up uh, on the short side is uh, Love Cola. So Wes talked about this. Uh, so uh, we are, if you guys are um, around next Saturday, we're going to um, help a lady in the um, area with a roof and so there'll be uh, other folks our young professional group uh, will be over there and some other folks uh, just helping with the roof so there's lots of things that go into that but if any of if any of you need some hours uh, for anything or just want to be very helpful and like doing that sort of thing uh, we'll be we'll send out the information via group me and so it'll be however long you can come and uh, help that would be awesome um, and then October 23rd um, is our fall festival that we do uh, here at the church. And so that is just an outreach event for folks from the church uh, to come and enjoy, but also from the, uh, from the area. And so what we do is we have, uh, there's music, there's food, uh, but one of the fun things is uh, the little kids come and dress up, if you like that sort of thing, uh, to watch the little kids. And so we uh, sponsor, um, we have a couple groups that are gonna have a car, gonna decorate the car and then dress up around a theme. And then you have to have a, um, a game and so basically it's just an excuse to get the little kids to come over to you to say, say how cute they are and they'll play some game and you give them candy okay and so uh, my kids will be there and so we just do this uh, just because they don't want to just be given candy they like to earn it for whatever reason and so this is uh, this is how we do this and so there's usually about 30 or so, so cars and we've got a couple from the college ministry and so we'll give you inform more information about that but just wanted to let you know october 23rd is a sunday evening it's just two hours five to seven i think and so it's a good excuse to dress up good excuse to get some candy and a good excuse to help some kids have some fun so um uh and then last announcement i'll give now is in about five weeks we'll have uh, our fall retreat is coming up and so um that is uh, the weekend of November 4th through the 6th, and we're going up to um, the Asheville area. And so that is a great weekend uh, just to uh, spend some time together, uh, get away with the Lord, uh, and really just, to, um, and just really to, uh, to spend some good time um, letting the Lord speak to you and having a good time in the process. So uh, we'll continue to get information about that. So if, you have, if you're able to go and uh, can sign up, sign up for that. Um, if you have an issue with um, how much it costs, uh, we can help. So don't let that be an issue. So, um, but if you'll uh, pull out something uh, to uh, look at the scripture with, we're going to spend a minute um, in uh, Luke chapter 12. Uh, so if you haven't been with us before, we just spend a little time 
um, as we're eating and fellowshipping, we want to spend a little time in the Word together. And so the value here is for us um, to uh, dialogue. Uh, so, so often we sit in uh, spaces where we simply listen, and that's great. Um, but this is a space where we want to uh, value kind of gathering together over a meal and then spend time in the Word uh, together. And so uh, this is meant to be interactive, so I'll have some time where you're talking around your table. I'll have times where I ask you questions, and feel free to respond as opposed to stare at me. And, uh, and then you'll also have times just to consider uh, just some stuff that you learned today so that as we sit uh, under the Word that we want to uh, have opportunity to consider it and to apply it to our lives. All right, sound good? All right, well, let me pray for us and we'll get started. Um, Lord, we thank you uh, just for a beautiful Sunday. Lord, I pray uh, that as we spend time together and value uh, fellowshipping and eating with one another and the closeness that that brings, uh, that you would also allow us to consider your truth uh, about how our lives need to line up to your truth, and that is always what we're seeking to do. Uh, Lord, teach us this morning. Help us speak one unto another uh, for, uh, for the value that that brings uh, for our community, but also uh, to our lives as we apply the truth and seek to be obedient to you. And so we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so the scripture we have today is Luke 12, uh, and we're looking at uh, this semester, we're looking at um, different parables. And so what we want to do with parables is uh, there's stories, some of us uh, that grew up um, that are familiar with the Bible, that, that, is, uh, that they may be things that we're familiar with, but oftentimes it is those most familiar things are things that we uh, miss most easily, or uh, they are things that we need to see more plainly uh, because uh, and story helps us do that. And so let's jump in uh, in uh, verse 13 of chapter 12. And it says this, someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. And so how many of you can uh, relate to this? So not maybe every day, but there has been a time in your life where uh, somebody had something that you wanted and you said, and you told, asked somebody else to tell them to give you some. Amen? <laughs> and so here we have an inheritance. This is a brother in the, uh, in the uh, Jewish um, in a Jewish family, only the eldest son uh, had the inheritance. And so if there was a younger brother that was not entitled to them unless they were very nice. And so this is a guy wanting some entitlement and is wanting what is not rightfully his. And he asked Jesus, hey, can I have some? Here's my first question to you. Um, greed is not something that we feel that we ever are, right? Anybody like feel like, yeah, I'm a super greedy person. But it is, uh, but it is something that we struggle with. And so here's what I want you to think. Typically, or ask around the table, or talk about around the table. Typically, we think about uh, greed as something where I just want more and more money. We maybe see a movie about like the pitfalls of that, of somebody just keep pursuing, pursuing, and finally, um, and finally gets what he wants, and it's not what, what he means it to be. But there are other things that we can be greedy for. And so here is, um, here is a definition uh, of greediness just to help you out, okay? Um, a selfish or excessive desire for more of something than is needed, okay? So a, a selfish or excessive desire for more of something than is needed. And so I want to talk to you about is what are the different forms of greed that you see at play in your friend groups, in, in yourself, or uh, uh, in people around you, okay? So that's the question. What, other, what are forms of greed that you see around you? Discuss. Really, you're, you're 
All right, what are, what are some things um, that we can be greedy about besides money? What are some things that you see people being greedy about? Clothes. All right, clothes. Attention, absolutely. Sleep. Sleep, okay. How about back here? Attention, okay. Yeah, yeah, social status, I have this. I don't want anyone else to have this, the same status, right? So um, when we, when we um, the things that we uh, like, right, they're, they're generally the things that people are greedy for. Uh, they're things that, mm, they're not necessarily like bad, right? But they're things that people value. They like that, right? They get them. And then it's this heart of, well, I don't want someone else to have it, right? Um, so I want you uh, to then consider, well, here then is how uh, Jesus addresses the guy, right? He, he doesn't know what he's asking for, and so Jesus is trying to draw our attention to what kind of is really going on. So we look in verse 15. And he said to them, Beware and be on your guard against every form of greed, for not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. And so here is how I would describe... Um, the uh, American struggle, okay, <laughs> is that we want, right, and then we want more, right, and then when we get what we want, we're not quite happy with that, right, and so then we try to want other things, and our, our culture is driven by kind of this fact, right, that we want, <laughs> then we want more, right, and then when we get what we want, we move on to something else. Another way to say it is the American way uh, the American way is to live, uh, we also, well, maybe another way to say about this is um, that the value of our, our country is to kind of live above your means, right? Is to like, whatever I have, I want to live like I have a little bit, whatever I have. If it's a lot, I want to live a little bit, you know, past that. If I don't have a bunch, I'm not really content with that either, right? So, uh, so we have value living above our means. Right, we always want more and newer. Yes, this is what I struggle with, you guys. Yeah, okay, the shirt's great, or I like the sweater, but I wish I had it in red and purple and turquoise and whatever colors you like. Those are not necessarily colors I like. I just thought of them. <laughs> and the last thing is we always feel like we're missing out, right? Even if we're at the thing, right? It's like, well, what are those? Well, I'm here. I got to come here, but then my other friends are doing this other thing. I wish I was there too. And so we are really good at, our, our country really is good at uh, helping us in the space of not being content, right? Anybody? I, I'll raise my hand of a person that struggles with contentment. So I think that's important for us to know kind of the water that we swim in. Like that is absolutely impossible to avoid living in America, okay? Whatever, unless you were a hermit who talks to no one, has no phone, no TV, no radio, right? That, um, that that is what you're going to uh, have spoken into you, all right? And so he, uh, Jesus is, is, knows this fact, right? Back then they didn't have much, but we have a lot. The more you have, the more you struggle, okay? And he's saying, beware. He's warning us to be on your guard against every form of greed. So I think the first thing for us as Americans is understand that we, that we struggle with this, like we struggle with contentment, even having right, gives us this struggle. And he says, beware, right? Because what you're going to struggle with, right, is what? Thinking that life is about the things you do and the things you have, right? This is what I struggle with. This is what you struggle with. And so he goes on and he wants to tell us a story. And he told this parable 
verse 16, the land of the rich man was very productive and he began reasoning to himself saying, what shall I do since I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones and there I will store my grain and my goods. Now I want to uh, stop you for a second. Whatever it is that you uh, value, right, or you invest in, would everybody agree that everyone here invests in something? Yes? Okay. So as we invest in that, isn't there this also this, uh, that when I actually accumulate, that I want to like store it? <laughs> so how many of you who like, it's okay to like clothes, it's okay, okay, guys, girls, but when you have clothes, right, the issue is like, well, I don't, I don't want to just, I'm okay with, uh, okay, my closet's full, so let me take some stuff out. Is that how we reason? No, I want a bigger closet, <laughs> right? Or I like uh, this car, but I want another car, right? Or I want, uh, I want this, but I also want that. So it shows this tendency. And so this is, uh, this is the same thing that we would do. Let me build larger ones and where I will store my grain and my goods, right? That is the place where I, I will store. And I, in 19, and I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for you for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. So he's moved from, he finally has the abundance that he longs for. And his answer then to having to received what he longs for is to then do nothing. <laughs> Just to enjoy it, right? Uh, so how many mistakes here are being made? Right, so there's the one mistake, right, of struggling with wanting, wanting, wanting. There's a second mistake of once I've got what I want, right, here's my response. And then the last response is now that I've got both of those things, the response is to do nothing, right, to just to enjoy my big closet and the, the things that I wanted. All right, so I want you to, again, kick around your table. So uh, why is this the progression that we typically have with our stuff? And what would be one thing that you think would help you stop right, that progression? So I, I want something, I get it, and then I stop. <laughs> Does this sound like anything? So work really hard, get your retirement, and retire. Right? So that's the sum total of the American way. If you, if you do <laughs> what we teach you, that's your life. So I want you to, uh, I want you to critique that a little bit right? Critique, is, is that something that I want? Is that something that's actually valuable? Because Jesus is going to speak into this. And maybe one thing that, uh, maybe one thing that uh, could fight against that tendency in yourself, All right? Discuss real quick. All right. Uh, so, um, what are uh, either something that we can do to kind of combat that natural progression of things, right? Getting what I want, um, or wanting something, getting what I want, stopping, um, or like why we, like why that is the progression, like why that is so ingrained in us. What do you think back here? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what I do. Everyone else around me deserves it. It's a lot of it's modeling. Okay. Yeah. Um, we said kind of wait. 
mean, you see something you want, like whatever, just an Instagram ad or whatever, like yeah, yeah. pause and see if you want it in a month. As opposed to shop now? Yeah. Shop now. <laughs> Wait, yeah, yeah. For sure. That's right. Everyone else wants it, they have it. Absolutely. Yep. I struggle with the same thing. I like to shop now. What you got? Uh, we kind of talked about as far as learning to change that behavior, maybe yeah. looking at the root reasons why you're yeah. kind of the motivation behind it. So yeah. if you know, you're buying a whole bunch of clothes to, to fit in or yeah. you know, feel like you're cool, Yeah. I guess sort of. Yeah, what is the investment? Yeah, like acknowledging what am I investing in? All right, how about, how about over here? Yeah, absolutely. Right. So that leads right into um, right into uh, what um, what Jesus kind of how he finishes the story. And so he uh, 19 and I will say to my soul, soul, you have many good years laid up for you to come. Right. So the soul says, I do these things. I'm investing in this life now. Right. I want to be as comfortable as I can be. I want to enjoy everything I can. And I'll, and I'll have much of this to do. And so he's insinuating, right, that I, I can. I have that power, right, to decide how long I live. And so because, I, because that is what I'm assuming, then this is what I'm investing in. And so, uh, but verse 20, but God says to you, you fool, this very night your soul is required of you, and now who will own what you have prepared, right? Who will own these things that I have stored up? And verse 21, so is the man who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. So our issue, right, is, uh, you know, most folks in this room will probably live a long, healthy life, but, but we don't know which ones, right? You're assuming it's you. I'm assuming it's me when I have this mentality, right? And so we have, all of us have a plan. Like we have, there's a, a certain way that we think our lives will go, right? And we think that that uh, is what life is about. I've kind of decided it. Here's what I've decided to invest in. And I'm also assuming Right, that at some point, if I'm not happy with what I'm investing in, I can change it. Right, that's what everyone's assuming. Here's my first bet, (laughs) and then here's this thing that I'll get to if I have time. Right, everybody? Yes? Okay? You can fill in the blank. But I think Jesus knows this. He knows your tendency. He knows my tendency. That is what it looks like, particularly the more comfortable we are. We can't imagine not being comfortable. Right? And he knows that you think this, and this is why he brings up the story for the guy that says, hey, tell my brother to give me my inheritance. And he warns him, hey, your life is not just your possessions. And he goes in and tells us the story. So here's the last part. So when he's, he's teaching, he's, so he knows this, we struggle with this, so he's trying to teach us. So, so I guess what I'm trying to say is like, what is our reaction to this? All of, we, all of us can walk away knowing that like, yeah, yeah, that's good to re- be reminded that I can kind of die at any time and the things that I have invested in, somebody else might get, right? But here, really, he wants something actually a little bit more fundamental because if we do that, I can feel bad and then as soon as I am distracted from this thought, like I won't think about it again. What he's asking you to do is be rich towards God. And typically, why we diverge, and here's why I do, I wonder if you do the same thing, when I'm, when I'm in the kind of world's mentality or God's mentality, right, typically when I'm in the world's mentality, I'm worrying about the things I have and the things that I don't have or the things that I want, right? 
But if I'm rich towards God, I'm not actually, I'm not actually worrying about those things. See, there's no, it's no problem for you to have the clothes you have and to ha- have the house you have and the, the things, that, the experiences that you enjoy. There's nothing wrong with that. The issue that robs you of your joy is that you worry about those things. That you worry that I either won't have the next awesome thing, right? Or that I worry that I won't, right? It's the worry. And he actually speaks into this. Let's look at 22. And he said to the disciples, for this reason, right? This is why he tells us, do not worry about your life as to what you will eat or your body as to what you'll put on. But life is more than food, body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. He goes on further, consider the lilies. For they neither sow nor reap. They have no storeroom, no barn, yet God feeds them. How much more valuable to you are they? Is that a, is that a, um, kind of a metaphor that works on you? But for most of us, for Americans, I think this is really hard. Look at the bird. <laughs> I, I, I'm not hoping to, give, to get nice things. I expect them. This is a whole different thing. It's not like I want, I want, I want. I have and I want more is our problem, right? I have it. If you don't have it, that's a whole different problem, right, of looking over the fence. But we have it and are greedy for it, right? Like, When you lay around on the couch all day, okay, which you may have done Friday, and that's okay, but does that beget like, oh man, I feel refreshed, let me go do something productive, or does it beget more laying around on the couch? Does comfort beget more comfort, or does comfort beget work? What do you think? I don't know. (laughs) I feel like sometimes when I lay around, it'll make me more tired, so for me, yeah like brings more comfort yeah like I want more comfort right like as as I am comfortable I don't want to be less comfortable I want to I want like one more pillow and I want a couch that's a little bit more cushy right this is this is how our selfishness works (laughs) as we engage in that right we get more selfish Renee often talks about like if I sit down right I'll stop and this is kind of principle but let's look then here we'll finish up so so then he goes down, consider the raven, consider the lily. Right, verse 25. And which of you can, uh, can by worrying add a single hour to his lifespan? If then you cannot do even a very little thing, why do you worry about other matters? So here is the point that he's making. Does anyone here think that they, by worrying, can do anything about it? Anyone? Does anyone think at, at this point in your life, you've worried about a lot of stuff, Right? All right, has that, has that helped you ever? It hasn't helped me. I can answer that. Has it ever changed anything? No. Has it changed anything? It hasn't helped you. He says, if you just wanted to add a, an extra hour to your life, if you just wanted it really bad, does that make it so? No. All right, so here's what he's saying. Guys, be realistic. <laughs> if that's the case, if, I've, if worrying has never helped me ever, if it's never changed anything ever, and if it's never added to my life anything ever, then why do we do it? Because he's not just saying don't worry because it's pointless. He's saying, I got you. So you can either worry or we can trust God. And I tell you guys, this is my fight every day, right? That is it. Worry or trust God, doesn't matter what it is. It could be the dumbest thing ever. I'm playing a board game with friends and I'm worrying, what if I don't roll a seven? and I'll lose this board game, 
right? Like we worry about crazy stuff, right? Anybody really feeling the role in the seven? Like I really want the seven. Jalen's like, yes, I've got to be Alec. It's everything. So 26, if then you cannot do even a little thing, why do you worry about matters? All right, so here's where I want you to end, and uh, here's where I want to end as it relates to this idea of worry, okay? What are you doing when you worry? I want you to think about this. Just answer out loud. If you just know we're not, we're not under any duress here. What do you do when you worry? Anybody ever thought about it? It's natural, right? It's very, go ahead. What you got? Yeah, you're just stressing out. About what? Like what are, when you're stressing out, what are you doing? Like, walk me through what's happening. You do this all the time. If you just think about it a minute, like, what are you doing? What if? Right? What if I get a 56 on this test? What if my, my boss is just fed up when I'm late for the seventh time, right? And he just fires me. Am I ever going to get another job? What if, like, I don't pick the wrong thing to do on the date and she breaks up with me? So stressed about it, right? <laughs> So what are we doing when we worry? What are we getting stressed about? So answer, think about it. What are you doing when you're worrying? This is very helpful exercise. Talk to me, come on, go there. We're thinking, okay. We're thinking about scenarios. We're thinking about what could happen hypothetically. What else are we thinking about? Come on, you guys are expert worriers. You're like distracting yourself kind of from okay. the yeah, yeah, yeah. We could just see something and we just like kind of go down this rabbit hole about what's in front of me. So as opposed to just being present, I'm worrying about everything else, particularly things that aren't even happening, right? Do you typically worry about stuff that's happening to you right this second or do you worry about stuff that's hypothetical for tomorrow? Tomorrow, right? Interesting. I worry about tomorrow. Has tomorrow happened yet? Is there anything we could do about tomorrow? Interesting. And yet we are consumed by what ifs about tomorrow. What does that mean for today? What does it mean for today when we worry about tomorrow? We're not doing today what we need to be doing. And it's this vicious cycle, right? So a definition of worry, give way to anxiety or unease, right? It's this stress bar, right? Okay. I don't like, so maybe I'm studying, okay? And I don't like it, and I want to stop. But if I stop, I'm not going to get the grade I get. And if I don't get the grade I get, they're going to kick me out of this program. And if they kick me out of this program, what am I going to do? And if I don't know what I'm going to do, right? And you're all getting anxious as I go through that, right? The, the, the heartbeat quickens, right? And where did it start? I don't want to be studying right now. I don't want to be present <laughs> in the moment. Jesus is saying worrying is stupid. He's saying, Rob, and again, I worry. I worry a lot. I struggle with this just like you. He's saying, Rob, worrying is dumb if you'll think about it. It accomplishes nothing. And if it does nothing, why do we do it? And so that is the challenge. So Jesus isn't saying, hey, rubbing my head, bless your heart, you worry. I wish you wouldn't do that. 
He says, don't do it. So he thinks that I cannot worry. What do you think? The issue is, particularly with worry, is that you're amazing at it. Who thinks they're the best worrier in here? Like if we had like a worry off, like that you would enter and you'd feel pretty good that you would score well. Lindell is like very, very happy, right? Everyone is kind of worried that they're not as good a worrier as everyone else. Well, you know. <laughs> um, so a guy named Ed Welch has a couple of things to say about this, and this is where um, I want to kind of end information and let you guys um, have a few minutes to end on discussion. So he says this, our worries tend to imagine a future without God in it, right? Think about the things that you worry about. It has nothing to do with the Lord. I can't say, the only thing I think uh, honestly I've ever worried about the Lord is he's going to make me do something that I don't want to do, right? But then again, that's a selfish worry <laughs> because I know he's good and I know he loves me. It's just my selfishness saying, but what if he does something I really, really don't want to do? And that would be terrible. And then I worry about that. <laughs> Our worries tend to imagine a future without God in it. And so think about the last 10 things you worried about today. And did any of them have anything to do with God's future for you? I'm going to say not one of them. He goes on. Without God, we have to prepare for those future threats on our own. Right? That is where worrying kicks in. Because I'm brainstorming. Well, if X happens, well, then I'm going to do Y. And if Y happens, then I'm going to do Z. Or if this happens, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask my dad for some money. <laughs> and he says, in this scenario, life gradually gets smaller, doesn't it? Hope fades. Because I'm just worried about everything. Our mission to trust Jesus and to love other people gets temporarily lost amid our future preparations. Remember, worry is almost always about tomorrow. I want you to think about the things that you're worrying about when you came in here, because you were. <laughs> and they're all about things that have not yet happened yet and are in the future. And it distracts me, right, in the struggle of today. Because I'm worrying about tomorrow, I'm unhappy right now. Because I don't have enough money to do that thing in a month, I'm unhappy right now. Except what if you didn't do that? You're like, I, 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 Rob, I can't imagine not doing that. That's all I do. That's most of my day, <laughs> is worrying about tomorrow. If you eliminated half of the things you worry about, how much time would you get back in a day and what would you do with it? Put it positively. It's not like, well, but I don't know how not to worry. So, but have you ever considered that you don't have to? That you can trust the Lord for today's things and then tomorrow, when it's tomorrow, you can trust him for today's things. And then when it's the next day, you're not worrying about Thursday, you're just trusting him with today's things. What do you think, how do you think that would change your life? Look back in... Verse 22, and he said to his disciples, for this reason, I say to you, don't worry about your life. 
See, I would say most of us actually can't conceive of a life that's not that. That's our experience. Nobody likes it, and yet we don't think there's anything we can do about it. And God is speaking directly into the most intimate thing about you, is the things that you worry about. The things that I worry about are so specific to me. On a regular basis, as my beard grows out and is multicolored, I don't like that. It's real white in spots. <laughs> it used to be one color. I'm like, I just wish it was one color. Just white, that's fine. Gray, brown, red, you know, whatever. It's just kind of, and I sit there and worry about, should I grow it out? Should I shave it off? Like, you're like, Rob, is that, is that helpful, right? Is that going to change the color of your beard at this age of your life? It's not. <laughs> What's your thing? That's one of things. That's my confession. You're welcome. But what are your things? He goes on uh, to say, there are good reasons to worry. Does that make you feel good? Okay. There are good reasons to worry, guys. Like you're not, like you're not, uh, you're not not smart. <laughs> like they're, there's a reason why it's tempting to worry. There's a reason why we do that, right? There are good reasons to worry. The dilemma is that the worry tells you to take matters into your own hands. That is wrong. And you've never probably been told that before in your life. And I had never been told that before in my life until I went to God's word and I read it. So today, if you've never heard that before, right, when we worry... We are faced with, do I take this into my own hands? Or, he says, here's what we should say, that this is a perfect opportunity to trust the God who is strong, loving, and faithful. See, I, I dare say that you worry not because you have to, but because that's the only thing you know. But, I, but I'll tell you this, as someone who has begun trusting God more in the present, and not worrying as much, okay? I'm telling you that the trusting God is 10,000 times better than the worrying. So if you've never tried it yourself, say, hey, Rob says it's pretty good. <laughs> and Jesus says, I can do that. And so here's what I want you to do. So uh, I think that's enough information, okay? What I want you to do is just consider what I've said and what the Lord may be speaking to you and basically just debrief around your table. So here is why I think this is so powerful and we forget this a lot of times when we go to church. We go to church because we think the Lord needs us in a building, but we forget about why, like why he wants us to gather and what can happen. And so here's what we typically do is that we hear something, there's some things in there that the Lord is stirring, and then, and I, then I translate to that, that was nice. <laughs> and then I maybe wrote some notes down or have some thoughts, but then they just kind of float away. And so here I want you to get in the habit of, as you leave here, as you leave any place where the Lord is, is challenging you, to talk about it with somebody close to you, right? To hash it out, to debrief, to think, here's what I think, just, you're basically just kind of, uh, this sounds like just, just talking out loud, right? We're processing. And so that's what I want you to value, is that, hey, we want you not to leave out of here, oh, that was nice, or that wasn't too bad a time but that what am I supposed to do about what the Lord is stirring in my heart right now? Because I imagine it is to consider, maybe I should work on this. 
And so take a minute, and so I just want to remind you that this is valuable for you to talk out loud, regardless of whatever the thoughts are in there, okay? So take a minute, and I'll close this, and we'll get out of here. What do you think? So, um, so I heard, uh, just overheard a couple of tables to share. Just would love to, uh, as we close, just to share maybe a, a good thought from each, uh, from each table that somebody um, had. All right, in the back. Brooks. <laughs> you could say something, something somebody else said. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Yep. So that's lazy. That's worry one. Go ahead. Yeah. Mm, that's good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. All right? How about back here? Benji. So basically, we were just talking about just how we worry about being like maybe being up, not being on time. Yeah. And when we come back at it, just wake up earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Right, yeah, absolutely. All right, back here. Yeah, uh, we talked about how worry kind of like helps you feel your heart and how it's kind of one of those things where it kind of shows you what you idolize and what you value mm. and the things that you worry about. Yep. And so I feel like it's very telling when we worry about things that you said that aren't concerning to God. Yep. I feel like it kind of just like shows us how selfish we can be. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. If it's good for you guys, I need to be reminded of how selfish I am. I don't know, probably other people like that, but it is good for my heart because I fake like I'm not. <laughs> okay, so the issue there, right, is, is being real about kind of what, what that looks like in your life and seeking, uh, seeking the Lord and helping Him root that out, right? Because no one's happy when they're selfish. Like, anybody love being really selfish? Isn't it the best feeling when you're sitting there at Christmas morning and someone else is opening a present and you're like mad about it, right? That should have been mine. Where you're counting your presents, right? This is the, everybody, nobody's done this ever, have you? You're like, one, two, that one's a little bigger. That counts as two, three, four, five. You know, mom says, well, you know, your present was expensive. You're like, I don't care. I want the same number. <laughs> All right, how about over here? Mm. That's right, right? Our greed is fueled by our worry. That's excellent, excellent. All right? Uh, we talked about how we wanted to, like, apply not worrying as much. So mm. instead of, like, when you find yourself, like, worrying your head to, like, pray about mm. it yeah. and, like, give those worries to the Lord. Yeah, that's awesome. Did anybody have, as we close, anybody have, like, a question that this brought up in your mind about something that we just didn't cover real quick. Like, hey, I was thinking just about this real quick that might be helpful for the whole group. Because I'm hoping as you continue to think through this, like you'll come to more and more epiphanies <laughs> about how you spend your time and how that could be better. Does anybody have any questions about something we didn't cover that maybe were brought up?
Yeah. I'd say it's like stress the same thing as worry because I mean I feel like stress is a motivating factor and yeah. like we have to have that in our life. But like is that the same thing as worry? Yeah, I don't think so all the time. That's good. Like there are times, a lot of times we want to uh, eliminate certain things because we're bad, like, um, or we, we perceive that they make, make us fearful. Um, but there's things that are in life that are stressful, okay? Like leaving the house when you have children and trying to be there on time. Like there's a lot of things happening. <laughs> Um, but no, not, not all the time. I think that we can get stressed out by worrying about the wrong things. And it is okay for us to make value judgments that like, hey, that is reasonable to, to, to be fearful of, and that is unreasonable. And I think that that's a good gauge. A lot of times when I'm anxious or I'm angry at somebody, I say, do I have, do I have a right to be angry? Right? Is that a reasonable response? Right? And I would say most times it's not. Like most times it has to do with selfishness or poor expectations. So here's one a positive thing. This is my favorite thing as practically about this topic that I've learned in the past two years. And, I, um, and it was from a book series called The Good and Beautiful Life. Uh, it's got by a guy named, uh, I, he has three names. I'm going to butcher them. But The Good and Beautiful Life is the book. And he says this, when you wake up in the morning, and I, if you do this today or tomorrow, Please text me and tell me like what, what the result of this was. All right, so when you, at some time when you have a little time, typically in the morning, I want you to write down everything that you're worried about for the day, okay? So it's not about tomorrow, it's about today. Here are the things, and we'll use the word concern me, okay? Not worry. Here are the things that I'm concerned about today, okay? There's a difference between those two things. And so let's say it's 10 things, all right? And that would be nice to have just 10 things, right? <laughs> So then what I want you to do is of those 10 things, I want you to look at, is there anything that I can do about any of these things? Okay, so one of them would be, I'm concerned about the speech I have to give. Okay, should I be concerned? No, because I'm prepared. <laughs> or if that's what I'm concerned about, then I've got a couple hours or I've got a little bit more time. So doing something about that would be spending some more time on it as opposed to worrying about it, right? All right, so we've got the 10 things. Can I do something about it or not? All the things that you can do something about here, wait for it, wait for it, you ready, ready? Do something about those things. Got me? What do you typically do? What do I typically do? You worry about them as opposed to do anything about it, all right? So I'm worried about so-and-so won't show up. Well, then text them, <laughs> right? Go over to them, talk to them, like do something about it. Here's the rest of it, okay? So that, that makes you say, shows the power that you have about the thing that you're concerned about. So then there's also gonna be maybe half of those things that you can't do anything about. Not one thing can you change about that thing that you're concerned about. What should you do to, about those things? Ashley, what should you do about those things? Pray. Pray about them. Right, so what that does is as I look at the things that concern me, right, first thing in the morning or whenever I have time to start worrying, then that tells me that I can't be lazy, that there's things that I can do that sometimes I don't want to do and I worry instead, or there's things that I can do nothing about and I need to go to the person that actually can do something about them. Does that make sense? I cannot tell you how life-changing that has been, both for not letting myself off the hook for doing what I need to do and also for not worrying about what's something that I can't do anything about. Make sense? Awesome. All right, let's pray. 
Uh, Father, I thank you uh, for this time. Um, I thank you for those folks uh, that went home this weekend. They got an extra, uh, extra time with some loved ones. Uh, Father, but I thank you for uh, just giving us uh, some good time of fellowship, uh, for meeting new friends, and for, uh, and for continuing um, relationships. Father, I, I thank you for uh, making us value uh, sitting together and eating, to take in this time before we go on throughout our day. It makes a difference. And Father, I pray that you would continue to help us value any time we get to spend with other believers. It is not an obligation. Father, it is a privilege. And in particularly an opportunity, right, to be encouraged in the life that you call us to. And it is a great life. Father, anyone that says, uh, that has any, uh, any kind of voices that say that the Christian life, Father, is, is something other than what you paint in your Bible, I want them to think about this teaching. That he wants us to, that you want us to depend on you and not worry. Worry adds nothing to my life except hurt and heartache. Father, but, but when you, the things that you teach me, if I do those, Father, they, they, they add so much to my life and so much to other people's lives. And so, Father, I pray that as we see this as another reason to trust you because you care for my life at the level of my experience. And so that is so, so good. And so, Father, I thank you uh, just for what you teach us, for how much you want for us, and how much you want to give to us. You are so good and so um, loving to us. And so, Father, we thank you for these things, and we ask, Lord, that we would come to you with the things that concern us, that we can do anything about, and that you would give us the power and the grace to do about that which we can. And so we love you, Father, and we praise you, and we thank you in Christ's name. Amen.